Where are you going? I've got to return some videotapes. Hi. My name is Stephen King. I've written several motion pictures, but I want to tell you about a movie called Maximum Overdrive, which is the first one I've directed. Wow. What in the dickens is going on around here? A lot of people have directed Stephen King novels and stories, and I finally decided if you want something done right, you ought to do it yourself. Who was driving it? I don't know. Curtis! It's coming after us! It was my first picture as a director. And you know something? I sort of enjoyed it. What is going on? I don't know! I just wanted someone to do Stephen King right. You want a war? You got one. I just want to get the hell out of here. So come and spend some time with me and my friends at the Dixie Boy. Spend some time in the dark. Please don't let us be in the dark. Help me. I'm going to scare the hell out of you. And that's a promise. You're going to get us in an awful lot of trouble, man. We already in trouble. Maximum terror. Jesus coming and he is... Maximum King. Maybe tomorrow will be our world again. Dino De Laurentiis presents Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the video stores. Of course, this is Late Fees, a podcast where we run your favorite filmmakers and films through the gauntlet to determine whether it still checks out or whether it's time to put that shit back on the shelf. I am your host, Justin Davis, with my other hosts as well, Wesley, Pat, Eric. It is our spooky Halloween episode. We have Cam. He's back from, uh, I have no clue where he was. Cam, he was in New Orleans. He is, of course, uh, he... I would say Cam is a part of the – he's been Cam indoctrinated at this point. Team, yeah. He's a full part of the team, so I have to stop leaving him out of here. Cam, you are a part of the team. You're part of the, the Late Feast squad. Staff. We move you up to full-time from part-time. People loved you on the Halloween episode, and I want to thank everybody for listening to the Halloween episode. Our most popular episode to date so far. People stuck around. Yeah, so we, that's, we, that's broke, we broke a lot of numbers, man. We, yeah, we had numbers with that that looked like – freaking a show and really? that was incredible so uh, that was a long episode yeah it was yeah. a really long episode people really they really loved it so thank you guys for listening to cool. that episode we really enjoyed doing it but today's episode we will be talking about four count them four different movies that you should probably one of them not watch <laughs> maybe two of them not watch depending on your taste <laughs> tonight for halloween we're releasing this on halloween day uh but before we start with our with our films uh, what have you guys been up to? Uh, let's start with, with Eric. What have you been up to, Eric? Just working. I'm really tired. We're all <laughs> violently hungover. Yeah. It, is, it is the weekend before Halloween, and you know what that means. That means, although, and it, it's kind of funny in LA, like, 
the Saturday before, if it's if it falls on a on a weekday, which is like it always has yeah, since yeah. I've been here since I've been here. It's like the weekend before you start seeing Little Red Riding Hoods walking down oh. Sunset. It's like being in college. Like LA's Halloween like is like a college yeah, Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. Basically. Let me interject and and uh, there's a little bit of revisionist history here. Oh boy. Uh, Wes and Pat are violently hungover. <laughs> Justin and I are so dedicated to late fees that we stayed in like like wholesome boys and watched two of the movies that we're talking about today. We didn't even dress up or drink. We ate Shake Shack and <laughs> called it a fucking night. Oh yeah, that uh, was will, that was fun. Also, I will suggest do not watch these movies hungover. Uh, it's very <laughs> makes bad. them makes them aggressively worse. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, what about you, Pat? What would you mean? You went to a party last night. You I had a did, you had uh, a costume. What I was your costume? A uh, vacation Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Uh, if you want to see that costume, uh, follow him on Instagram at Pafifi P A F I F I. He has an excellent Instagram uh, feed and his his costume. I have to say, like me and Eric were in stitches last year. <laughs> I every year I fucking I'm like I'm not even gonna go out this year. Yeah. And then I go to this big party in, in Hollywood every year, and my buddy told me it might be the last time they do it. So of course I go, and I really just wore like something I might have honestly worn anyway, and I put on a lay. <laughs> And then a Freddy glove and just vacation Freddy. <laughs> uh, but the hats basically matching, at least in terms of silhouette, was uh, a, a good a good one. Uh, I started watching Sabrina. Is that uh, good? I've, I've heard I've mixed only, things. I've only seen the pilot, but I, I like the pilot. It's it's good. Like it's I like Riverdale, uh, and it's good for a lot of the same reasons. Uh, I've heard one, I'm only like three in. Uh, I've been anticipating it for a really long time. Uh, I heard it gets great after like five. I really like the atmosphere uh, that's in the one episode I've watched. Is, is it violent? Is it? It's Netflix. It, yeah. It's Netflix. Yeah, it's TV fourteen, but uh-huh. there's some like there's some pretty good stuff. In yeah, it. I mean, yeah. like someone gets like stabbed in the throat like in the first like ten minutes. So yeah, oh, turn that up. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. no. Uh, it is not like the old one. I mean, obviously. Yeah, but it's not like it at all. Yeah, uh, it's. But I don't know. I, I, it's creepy. Yeah, I like I it. Like it. Yeah. So I think Karen Ship is a great actress. It's really cool that Melissa Joan Hart's back for it. You know? <laughs> yeah, I did actually think that uh, same she cat might too. play one of the ants. Yeah, it's cat has the same, same voice. Hey, yeah. uh, he doesn't. He actually doesn't talk at all. Oh, know? he doesn't. Oh, fuck yeah. that! I'm not watching that show. Give me all that. Yeah, I need. I need the camp. He's bro. cool though. Yeah, he is. He is, he is yeah. cool. I also Salem's badass. I I just got uh a black cat about 10 years Oh, yeah, before, you did. Right uh, after we Sabrina did. Premiered. But yeah. right after we did the Halloween episode. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was the day after. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it has been the greatest thing uh, ever. He's so cute. What's his name? Uh, Elijah. Elijah. Eli. The cat. Eli yeah. the cat. Uh, welcome him to the to the family, the extended family. Yeah. Uh, Wes, what have you been up to, bro? Uh, not terribly a lot. I went to a Halloween party last night, uh, but if couple days ago, me and you saw Suspiria. Yes, we did. And I, I was going to say that that was going to be what, what what I did as well. Uh, we saw <laughs> yeah. the, the brand new... Uh, I'd say... I don't like to say that this is a remake because it's only Suspiria in name only. Um, it's kind of like a reimagining of the story. It's a completely new story. It has nothing to do with the, with, with the original. Uh, it is directed by Luca... What's his last name? I can't pronounce his last name. Guadanim. Guadanim. I'm so sorry. We butchered your name, bro. Uh, <laughs> just call him Luca from now no, on. You do, I, Luca's a b- badass Luca's a name, great so, first yeah. name. I've so. been calling him Luca since Call Me By Your Name, and it's just like, it has a, rolls off the tongue much yeah. easier. Yeah, it makes him sound like Prince or Seal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we rolled into Arclight last Monday to watch this movie. It was completely packed. A lot of people were super excited for it. Uh, and I, I, I liked the movie. I think I recommended it. Uh, 
cautiously at first. The more I kind of sat with it, I'd say I'd, I'd give it a full recommendation. I, I really did like the movie. I was right, by the way. It is Guadagnino. Guadagnino? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Luca Guadagnino. I liked it. Uh, I didn't love it. It's pretty long. Very long. I felt, I felt the length uh, definitely felt Horror movies shouldn't be long. No but, movie should be uh, more than 90 minutes. That's you know it's not a remake because it's <laughs> so much longer than the original. is quick. Yeah. And it's 90 minutes. It, it is a very fast movie. This one has... I felt like, and I don't know if Wes, uh, you feel the same way, it was trying to say something, and yeah. I felt like it got muddled I don't in know. the final 30 minutes. I don't know so what it was trying it, to say. Yeah, I have no clue uh, what it was trying to say. But it does have some pretty cool sequences, and there's one scene in particular that's like one of the most incredible like horror film sequences that I think I've seen. Yeah. I, it, was I, a, it was a touch, tough watch, that scene, but I absolutely. loved it. I think I said, what the fuck, three, three four, five <laughs> I kept, times. I kept turning to look at Justin, and I was like, it's still going. Yeah, it's, it's really it, – <laughs> it's. but the thing is, it's a beautiful but horrific scene. And I think yeah. if, you, if you've been following this movie, you know what we're talking about because it's the scene that made people actually throw up and walk out of the movie. Yeah. But um, I, I think the way that it's handled, I was expecting it to be just this really rough slasher type thing. But it's very – I think every – kill so to speak i think only like three people die in this movie yeah. but um I, every kill in it is very poetic and it's very beautiful to look at i think yeah. but there is the like the last 30 becomes just a bloodbath and it's just like oh where are we at here yeah and, um it's split into six acts i believe in the epilogue i think the epilogue needed to be trimmed just lose it. Uh, yeah, consider. Or, I, really or get, I, I didn't get anything from that. Yeah, I, and um, it was it, based on a character that I don't think that we need the closure on because it doesn't provide us closure for anyone else in the movie. But yeah. uh, we'll let you guys see the movie and tell us what you thought. Suspiria is in theaters on the second. Uh, uh, it should be out by the end of this week, I yeah. think, uh, worldwide, I believe, or, or some sort of, of opening. Uh, and that is what Ken. What, what what did you do, Ken? What, what were you doing for the past two weeks? Been in New Orleans. Been down in New Orleans. Um, went to the LSU's homecoming. How, why are you back? Like, how are you timid? Like, we we before you left, you was like, "Yeah, hey, I'm Cam." Now you're timid. I like, have a theory because oh. he knows he was thoughting down there, <laughs> yeah. and he's trying to be a gentleman about it. My, my energy is sapped right now, bro. Like, I just have nothing to give. You have nothing to give us. <laughs> Cam, Cam, you watch uh, anything Cam, recently? You just did the the travel back. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I literally night, just right? got yeah. back this morning. Literally oh, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> just my flight was at six thirty, so I had to be at the airport. I had to be up and headed to the airport at about four thirty, and I only got like forty minutes of sleep before I went Damn. to the airport. You so. watch anything that you're excited about, like the past week or anything? You didn't watch. Uh, he, oh, he watched some butts. <laughs> besides that, uh, <laughs> I've been watching. I started watching the Making a Murder documentary on Netflix. Oh, part two. have you seen the first one? Yeah, I saw okay. the first How one. is the new one? I've got like three episodes in. It's pretty good so far. So um, It's a continuation, right? Yeah, they kind of are giving a little bit more backstory to, um, what's the woman who got killed? Uh, Ter- Teresa Hallbrook or something. Uh, I think that's her name. I, yeah. I don't want to make, I mean, mess it up, but they're giving a little bit more of her story in the first couple of episodes. So Yeah, they don't really give her any story yeah the first, <laughs> the first, first one season. No. so Does, that, that was a complaint that yeah. a lot of people had and they kind of addressed that in the beginning so, did yeah. uh did brendan get his wrestlemania tickets dude <laughs> that is the <laughs> most infamously <laughs> never going never going he doesn't get to go to, to, to metlife next year no, uh wow no. that, that sucks so that's what i've been watching <laughs> uh but let's actually get into the episode proper we're here like we're all jet lag tired boys we're gonna run through these movies so you guys can get your halloweens going we can get our halloween started uh, the first movie that we watched 
with Stephen King's and, and to tell you guys how we did it, I think we said we were gonna ask Twitter, and then we said fuck that and we tossed it. Yeah, we, we didn't did, trust you guys. We didn't trust you guys to give us anything good. <laughs> this episode is just us basically fucking with whoever we got Secret Santa. <laughs> and I got fucked with the most. I think I really got fucked with the well, most. We're gonna get into that because I fucked myself recommending it because my I can't even trust my own memory anymore. So basically what happened was I, me and Pat drew each other, so I gave Pat a movie to watch, he gave me a movie to watch, and then Eric and Justin drew each other and they gave each other movies to watch. And yes. I tried to, and actually I fucked up too, because I thought yeah, I you, I, I, you won here, because yeah. I think that out of the four movies, you saw the best one. Well, I think I, Pat, Pat, well, or Wes, you watched House, right? I love House. Yeah, I don't even know if Pat knows that I like have House on Criteria. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh shit! I, I, had it, I had it to like force myself to finally watch it. Yeah. So yeah. no, I'm excited to talk. Next about Next year, it. we're trusting you, Twitter. Let's just <laughs> let's just say that we're gonna trust you next year, Twitter, Instagram, anything. By that time, you guys will have been indoctrinated with our personalities. You'll know what we like. Because I was really gonna give Eric something really fucked up, but then I was like, you know what? I think he needs to see that last scene. I misremembered. I thought that you hadn't seen it, but Cam hasn't seen Sleepaway Camp, no. and I forgot he wasn't going to be back yet. Yeah. you. We watched it at my apartment last year. Yes. So Damn it. <laughs> I got an easy pass. I got a hall pass, and we got to watch Sleepaway Camp 2, which we'll get into, and I think is infinitely better than the original, <laughs> and I had way more fun. But, Wait, so you watched Sleepaway Camp 2? Yes. yes. Uh, oh, man. I got a lot to say about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I we, we have a lot to say about that movie. I didn't, real, I didn't realize we had flipped, yeah, but my, uh, it, that's uh, cool. I, I texted the chat. I was like, hey, quick audible, boys. We're watching two uh, now. See, like, I was already drunk. By yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured. It was Halloween. But, so uh, the first movie we're, we're going to watch or we're going to talk about is Maximum Overdrive, uh, Stephen King's film. It came out. What, what year come out, Cam? 1986. 1986, a uh, year before I was born. Wow, shit's Me crazy. Uh, hey, <laughs> Eric, we weren't even thought. Uh, or we might have been thoughts yeah. at that point. We might have been thought of. <laughs> I don't uh, know. I don't know if I was a mistake or not. People, anyway, people were getting busy. That's all I know. <laughs> a lot of people were getting busy in '87. Thanks, mom and dad. Uh, but but Maximum Overdrive is a is a a movie, and I'm I'm gonna let you guys do your own synopses for these movies this time. Oh, so yeah. so Pat, you go ahead. You got you drew this movie. What's the synopsis of this? Okay, one? Maximum Overdrive is a movie uh, where Stephen King was like, everybody makes my shit. I'm famous because people like take my stories and make them famous movies. I'm making some of my own shit into a movie. <laughs> Huge mistake. Hmm. Uh, in, basically, the plot of Maximum Overdrive is. Uh, as a comet passes by Earth, uh, machines, especially large trucks, are uh, coming to life and terrorizing people. Uh, literally, like trucks are like and, and running a, people off the road and pl- appliances. Yeah, like, like appliances. Uh, so, uh, some people end up trapped at a truck stop diner where uh, Emilio Estevez l- leads like a crew of people in battle against. Like some trucks who basically have trapped them in this truck stop. Sentient, sentient pickup trucks and monster trucks uh, and like yeah, eight wheel, eighteen wheelers. It's as insane as it sounds. Yeah, and so there's there's one point where like they find out that they have a bunch of rockets and they start shooting the trucks with rockets, and then some of the surviving trucks force the humans to like fill them up with diesel. Like <laughs> it's it's I said this earlier. It's like the the thing people make fun of Stephen King like in the. The Family Guy Stephen King episode where like he picks up a lamp and he's like, "Oh, all right, here's my monster. I got to write a script in yeah. <laughs> 24 hours." It's like that. It is that. Like it's literally like other than a comet, 
Like, there's no explanation for, like, why this stuff has yeah. come to life. And it's it's really schlocky. It's really B-movie. Everybody is, like, so, so stupid in the movie. Like a- Emilio Estevez in this movie. It's crazy that he's in it. This is – there. ironically, there are two movies we watched this weekend that have Estevez's in them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are two movies yeah, this weekend yeah. that we watched that have That's Estevez crazy. in them. That is the link between all of them, the six degrees of the Estevezes. Uh, but uh, about this movie, uh, I believe a couple of months ago when we were incepting this show, we were watching the Maximum Overdrive trailer where Stephen King says, I'm going to scare the hell out of you. Yes, and we yes. were, I think we were in San Diego or Ojai, one of those places. Yeah. And we said, we have to talk about this. We like This is like... A cool movie, you know, in a lot of ways, because we, we talked about this movie before in the inception of this podcast. Yeah. So, uh, was it as coked out as he looked in that trailer? Yeah, yeah I mean, so it, I was gonna say, no, if, if you want a, a quick like uh, uh, reminder, just back in the '80s, like this is back when trailers were just like showed everything. Not even just showed everything, but like it known for insane narration and just like sort of goosing up the excitement for you instead of just letting the movie scenes play out there's like a narrator like like literally being its own hype man but this one is <laughs> the trailer for maximum overdrive is like a, a one shot of stephen king eyes bloodshot like <laughs> eyes as wide as anything you've ever seen and he's like yeah like talking shit like they say if you want it done you got to do it yourself <laughs> and i'm gonna scare the hell out of you and like he was known to have a nice little coke habit back then uh, and it's it radiates through the screen but like it, it, it sort of is a nice companion piece to just how batshit crazy Maximum Overdrive is. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a really crazy movie. It's, yeah. it's I mean, it's fun to watch. Like, I would say it definitely does veer into, like, so bad it's good territory. Sure, sure. Uh, the ca- like, despite having, like, really few likable characters, <laughs> uh, the cast is, like, really wacky. Uh, and, like, they kind of sell it. Yeah, a part of me thinks Emilio Estevez was, like, duped into this thinking this was going to be something like Repo Man. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> it was yeah. two years after Alex Cox's Repo Man, like a, a cult classic. It's like, oh, more weird stuff with cars? Supernatural <laughs> things with cars? I'll do this. And it turned out to be like this madcap, schlocky uh, be, uh, movie. Like uh, the broad beats of this story could have been written like by an 11-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the fucked up thing because like, I don't know why Stephen King was so mad. Like all the movies that had been adapted before that, like we're good. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like Carrie and Firestarter and, and all these. And, the got, Shining had come and out. The Shining, this like, why he was hates he? The Shining. Yeah, no, oh, but yeah, that's true. He yeah. hates them, but like, I was like, dude, these were all hits, especially ten years after the or eight years after the Shining came out. Like, you had to know critical consensus was like <laughs> yeah. Wait, in favor King of this. Hates the Shining. Oh, yeah. he hates it. Yeah. It's completely different from the book. It's sort of like how Raul Dahl hated the original. Uh, Willy he Wonka. hates the Shining so much that he did a miniseries. And it's way – it's terrible. Yeah. Like, That's what I'm saying. Like everything that he's mad about, everyone else loves. And like, yeah. So he took the reins on this movie, which like I kind of respect because – and it kind of bums me out when critics like still hate on this movie. I'm like there's something oddly personal about this because it's like his baby full, yeah. all the way through soup to nuts. And there's something playful about it. Like why, why does it have to be – uh, what's the Kathy Bates movie? Uh, oh, uh, Misery. Misery. Uh, why does it have to be Misery or Carrie or Children of the Corn? Like, Cujo. Cujo. This was just fun and weird. It's and definitely more like Cujo yeah. Than, yeah. than the other I love ones. Cujo. I think Cujo's good. Yeah. yeah. It's weird that the movie he directed was something that's campy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not like a straight horror movie because like if you've ever read – I've read a lot of Stephen King. It doesn't really feel like the characters, the way they talk is definitely King-esque but like – 
atmosphere wise, it doesn't feel like a Stephen King thing at all. Right, right. So it's like it's weird that this is the one that he was like, I'm gonna do this one. And it's like it's okay. all camp. Like even the most serious moments are unrelenting camp. Speaking of the camp, uh, Wait, hold, hold on. Right before we segue, you should play the audio of cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah, that literally explains everything about the case. Can we talk about how like annoying Lisa Simpson is in this movie? <laughs> Did you realize that's Lisa Simpson? The voice of Lisa. Yeah, Yearly Yearly Smith is in this. Uh, the she's the honeymooner that's always like. Go oh Curtis! God, yeah! Oh, Curtis! That plot is insane. That's Lisa Simpson. Actually, one of the more riveting moments in the movie where I was actually like, "Oh, this is crazy!" is when like he, her boyfriend or, or brand new husband, I guess yeah. actually, like he narrowly avoids being crushed by one of the cars, uh-huh. and then like she's like, "Get back in the car!" Like, get yeah. in, and he's like, "The car is like about to, it's like revving, and it's gonna like back up into him." And it, like, kind of pushes in on his face as he's, like, kind of deciding whether or not to, like, challenge the truck or, like, get back in the car. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, maybe the one really good filmmaking moment in, in the whole movie. <laughs> and uh, they, there's a really weird line in their first scene where she's like, I have to go to the ladies' room. Well, I love this. And he's like, can I watch? What? Like, yeah. That like, was what? the coke talking. Yeah. That like, was what? definitely the coke what talking. talking it's about? seriously, like, a good, like, we got to stop for gas. It could, because I have to go to the ladies' room. Can I come in and watch? Like, no, you can't come in and watch. Like, it's just such it's like, so weird, weird 80s schlock. And also the, the romance between Emilio and that random girl is really bad. Oh, like, yeah, terrible. Like, they meet for the first time. She's like, you're you're cute. And you're like, what? What's going yeah, they're on? Having sex, like, they're, they're having sex like immediately. And she calls him hero. And it's kind of gross. That's how it happens. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you this right now. That's pretty much how I've always had sex. Um, speaking of camp. Uh, there was one particular thing in this movie that Stephen King requested he needed in this movie, and that is the music of ACDC. Oh man! How did that enhance or uh, make this? Did it make the movie better? Did it enhance it? It, it, it definitely doesn't make it scary. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> but it makes it, it fucking kick ass. Yeah, like when I was watching it, like the ACDC soundtrack was probably the thing that hurt my hangover the most. <laughs> but I was also like. The movie wouldn't be as good if, like, ACDC wasn't just fucking banging right now. When they give the truck, like, its own theme song, and it's it's literally just guitars going, ring, 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 ring. (laughs) It's it's awesome. Uh, I think the the ACDC thing, Walton, definitely strips the movie of any tension. Yeah, or scariness. It probably is to the the benefit of, of the movie. Whenever, anytime I remember that it's the, those guitars from like fucking ACDC, <laughs> I, can, I can't help but think of uh, uh, Spinal Tap where he's like, these amps go to 11. Yeah. <laughs> why not just keep it at 10 but make like, 10 louder? And no, I mean, like, but this goes to 11 because the guitars are so cartoonish in this. Yeah. It's like you forget that you're watching a movie that's supposed to be scaring you. You're like, oh no, this is like, like a, this is almost like Michael Bay esque. Like I think my, a young Michael Bay was watching this. Like, oh, this could be cool for Transformers twenty years from yeah. now. It is like it is like Transformers. Yeah. Like when you're just watching like a truck drive along and like you know you're supposed to be realizing like oh the truck is also thinking right yeah. now. Like and, and then and then Emilio Estevich literally fires a bazooka at one. It's like okay, this movie whips ass. Yeah. I love and I know this is so obvious. It's like the most iconic. Like thing of this movie, the goblin truck is like oh, it's great, it's, it's amazing, cool, yeah. Like, where did he find this thing? At? Like, I don't know, but there's a new. Actually, what inspired this choice was there's a new Blu-ray out by Best Drawn Video. It's an incredible Blu-ray. There's like a ton of special features, mm-hmm. and one of the features is about the goblin truck and the guy that restored the goblin. 
Oh, so it's it's it's, it's still it's around. Yeah, that's he, awesome. He tours with it. Okay, but he, he tours with it. Yeah, no, like he like literally got it from like a like a garbage dump, and like it was just in his backyard, and his kids would play on it and like make it into their playhouse. Yeah, and then he was like, I should probably restore this. Yeah, <laughs> there's a great part of the movie where Emilio's walking past. I think Emilio is walking past the truck. And the slogan on, because it's a, it, this is a, is a, like an 18-wheeler truck, the front of which has like the comic book version of the Green Goblin's face like yeah. embossed on it. And it's a toy truck. And the side of the truck says like the toy company on it. But then the slogan for the company is another huge load of toys. And so like there's a part when Emilio's walking past the truck and he's just like framed against something that says like another huge load. I'm like, this Jesus is bizarre. <laughs> what is going on? Can we talk about how insane the giving trucks gas montage is? <laughs> so weird. They act like it is it's, the most it's their torturous. <laughs> like, they act like it is the most torturous thing for the humans to do. Like yeah. they're like just filling up trucks. And then they like cut to someone and he's like, I'm dying. And then they, they like show Emilio's hands and he's got all these like scabs and sores on like, it doesn't, there's, <laughs> there's no effort in gassing a car up. Like, look guys, don't you see Stephen King was making a point about the gas crisis uh, after, after Carter. <laughs> see, I can't even spin this into a yeah, there's, there's nothing in this movie. And I saw this movie a really long time ago. There's nothing there. That's there's what's so nothing great. There's nothing that's... No subtext. That, yeah, you don't there's need no it. subtext at all in this it. movie. It's just and that's why insanity. Whip, that's why it whips ass. It's like, uh, oh, I can literally turn my brain off and watch trucks come to I life. I don't know. Did you not get the subtext of that scene where that waitress just loses her shit and she's like, we made you! Oh, that was <laughs> insane. We made you! <laughs> Give that woman a posthumous Oscar right now. This movie, Is she dead? Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I'm assuming everyone from this she, movie except she, Amelia. She died in the movie. That's true. So she's probably dead in real life. Yeah. That's how movies work, right? <laughs> Uh, I honestly do. Th- I, I I would say uh, in terms of uh, checking it out or, or shelving it. Yeah, uh, I need to know. We yeah. need to know. Uh, I would say uh, check it out if maybe you just want to throw it on in the background. Uh, it's a it is definitely a so bad it's good movie, uh, but uh, uh, it's bad. Like it's <laughs> definitely so bad. Did did he scare the hell out of you? It was no. one of the least scared I've been watching something. No, it wasn't scary at. There's no scary parts of the movie. So, uh, Cam, how much movie did this movie? Or how much money did this movie make again? Seven million dollars. Seven point four million. Seven point four million dollars made in the United States. I don't know how this didn't. Ten million dollar budget. Oh my god! Jeez. I don't know how this didn't ruin his career. I don't know how it didn't. Well, it did. Ten. He never directed again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely grand opening, grand closing on the directing. Um, it's just so funny. Like, fuck this shit. I'm making my movies from now on. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll probably include it in, like, the link to this, but it's imperative you watch the trailer. Cause yes. They don't even really, if I'm not mistaken, they don't really show the movie. It's him just talking about the movie wide-eyed and coked out, right? With, like, uh, With lightning like, sounds and He's shit. in front of the Green Goblin truck. He's in, yeah, so there's some there's props from it, but it's like... Just, just, he is the trailer. He, he is the trailer, and he's, like, talking big grease. Like, yeah. oh, y'all, y'all gonna doubt me? Like... No one was ever doubting you, dude. Like, <laughs> we love the movies you wrote. What are you talking? He was mad. He said, y'all going to doubt me? <laughs> like, he, was, was, he was big mad for no reason. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, after Maximum Overdrive, I mean, yeah, he went right back to just his writing, his normal writing, whether it was like TV movies, which he did a ton of. And then, of course, you know, Shawshank was right around the corner after this, so. You know, Stephen King had one of the most lucrative uh, entertainment runs of all time. 
uh, translating his his uh, his text to, to the screen. But uh, we're like in the middle of a Stephen uh, King assance yeah. right now, and he never went away. He never went away. He's you know one. Of, he's a Trump provocateur on Twitter, and <laughs> he, uh, he does hate him. Yeah, he does hate him. It's, some of his stuff's pretty good, but uh, Stephen King also for anyone who's interested. Uh, has written uh, uh, one of one of his best books is a book on writing actually really? it's, yes. it's called it's called on writing and it's one of the best it's about screenwriting it's just about writing oh, in writing. general huh. and it's great because like he's managed to like be both I mean he's really poppy obviously but yeah. he has like a pretty like for a pop writer has yeah. a very good reputation which is a pretty difficult thing to achieve sure like, that, that family guy that's a pretty good bit I've been like Here's my villain. It's a lamp. I need to write about it in 24 hours. Yeah. Like that really is like. If, imagine if he just took the time to like take time writing something. Uh, I don't know what's happening. It's, yeah. it's just like <laughs> it's so like the joke in the Family Guy episode is like literally like his phone rings and they're like, "Hey, are you sending that manuscript tomorrow?" And he's like, "Yeah, definitely." <laughs> oh shit! And then he's like, he hangs up the phone and he's like, "Shit!" And then he like he's like. Oh, rah, 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 rah. I, like picks up the lamp and he's like, "Okay, I got it." That's when <laughs> starts writing. Uh, but yeah, what, the Castle Rock's getting pretty good acclaim too, right? On you, you watched that, didn't you? Yeah, but it's, I mean, he's not really involved in that. But isn't it's, that based adjacently off Shaw, the Shawshank Prison? But it's, it's like it's it, Castle Rock is a location that is in a lot of Stephen King's novels, hey. and uh, so it's taking place in that location, and it references other Stephen King books but it is not actually written by i'm just gonna fuck with it because i like andre Holland. he's one of my favorite (laughs) actors it's pretty good i watched the whole season there's it's not perfect but it's got some good stuff when i finish forever which is streaming on amazon prime now which is great i love it i'll watch that eric just cashed a check from Bezos. definitely i don't even know if they're gonna pay for that uh let's move on to our next our next movie so pat had wes watch house House. Uh, it was 1977, correct? That is correct. What's the synopsis of House West? Uh, it's a little hard to describe. But <laughs> basically, it's like Japanese schoolgirls go to a house uh, that is owned by one of their aunts. And man, that house just likes eating people, kind of. <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That's, honestly, that's not a bad description. It's, it's, yeah, it's directed by Obayashi. Uh, it's, a full, it's a Japanese film. Through and through, and subtitles. Spent a little time in development hell because yeah. they were like, "You want us to make what?" Yeah. <laughs> like at the time, there weren't a ton of companies making movies in Japan, as far as I understand it. I am not well versed in in foreign cinema no, at is, all. This uh, is very right. Um, uh, and so they were like, "It's like it's a very uh, it's it's like a dark comedy psychedelic horror movie almost it's uh, surrealist, like almost like Dada esque of like the film breaks form and and." Uh, it's not even just like supernatural things happening. Like the film is actually like breaking uh, the medium, the rules of the medium to like do very yeah. trippy, acid trippy kind of shit. Like it's like Looney Tunes esque almost. Oh, oh, yeah. it's, it's a tell. It's it's definitely a cartoon yeah. and like, but it's got some it's, pretty uh, indelible like scenes that kind of. Oh it. yeah, no, it's it's one of those things that's definitely stuck with me. I've seen it a lot, and uh, there's a scene where like a piano eats a girl, and that's pretty weird. And it looks crazy too. Like, yeah, it's all like really, like it's not all practical effects. No, like, it's weird. Yeah, the other effects are almost like, like I don't even know what the technique is called, but it's they're not like traditional visual or special effects at all. Like stuff, no. is, it's like when stuff is intentionally designed to look like kind of hokey, but not really. Like it just doesn't look real. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's pretty graphic, pretty graphic movie. 
What? But it's because not it, really. Like it's it so is, cartoonish not, that it like, like it undercuts the the severity of it's it. It's almost like some of it is. It's not like this because Kill Bill is way more serious, but it is like Kill Bill a little bit. Like okay. I'm reminded of the uh, like showdown at House of Blue Leaves mm-hmm. in Kill yeah. Bill a little bit. Um, it's just like it's crazy. It's crazy that it's live action. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it feels like a cartoon. Yeah, it's another thing that like the the actual filmmaking of it is really cool, but. It, is in a way that's kind of similar to Extreme Overdrive is like even if you didn't know what was going on, uh, like if you were at a Halloween party and it were playing like you know on mute while the music was playing, or a housewarming party, yeah, or a housewarming <laughs> party, uh, you could uh, y- you'd think it was pretty kick ass. I think, yeah, uh, like visually, it's um, the movie. I love the movie. One yeah. thing, one thing I have a problem with. Well, I won't even say it's a problem, but I have a hard time connecting with foreign horror films. A lot of times because I feel like the dialogue and the translation is really stilted from what it should be. Yeah. And I don't really connect with it. Like, Suspiria is like a rare movie where I actually feel like I understood exactly what was going on. Mm -hmm. And a lot of Dario movies I do. But then in like maybe Fulci movies, I'm like, there's no way that this means what these people are saying it means. Um, Does that suffer from this? I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to watch it. I I don't don't think so. Like, I... I would say that that's definitely, I mean, that's just kind of a problem in general. Like, if you yeah. don't speak a language, like, it's hard to know, like... But it's, like, different it, from, like, with video games. There's translators, and they work they work in tandem with the teams that made the game yeah. to say, this is what we mean, you need to write it in a way that it makes sense. With movies, I could imagine it'd be a little bit harder for them to be like, eh. I would, I think, I would imagine the version of House that's available now, because it's the Criterion, criterion version, yeah, like, yeah. they were probably pretty diligent about it. Yeah. But I would say watching any foreign film, I think that's a phenomenon that I experienced, too. Yeah. Like, you don't, because you don't know the language and you don't know, you know, cultural, linguistic tendencies that people have, you don't even know how you're always supposed to be hearing stuff. Right. It's kind of like when you're you're watching a, a foreign movie and you're reading the subtitles, you don't actually know how good the acting is in the movie a lot of the time because you're like, okay, like, I, I think, think they're doing a good job. Yeah, you got to, like, go on, like, what you feel. Yeah, and it's yeah. weird. Uh, I think this benefits from that because I'm usually distracted by subtitles and horror because my eyes are at the lower third of the screen. Oh, don't see Suspiria then. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't see Suspiria. My eyes are at the lower third of the screen while I'm supposed to be ready to catch something visually yeah. jarring or whatever. But I think House uh, benefits from this because this movie is such a psychedelic, hallucinatory Dream-like. sort of like, yeah, it's very fever dreamish and sometimes just ethereal and, and, and beautiful and weird. That there's always something weird happening in the background or at different parts of the screen. Yeah, like, uh, like the the aforementioned scene where the young girl gets eaten by the house piano. Like right before that happens, like at first it like mauls off her fingers and it's yeah. pretty gnarly and gross. But like like the cat or or something's like in the background like dancing and like doing something. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's like moments of like slapstick that sort of like catches your eye that you're not really supposed to. Even the to. dialogue itself feels slapsticky. A hundred percent. And like. Uh, in comparison to Maximum Overdrive, which was you know campy and and schlock and dumb and hollow for and for good measure, it's, it's good that way. There actually is some subtext here, and I I don't think this is me being overly um, uh, being air t- tuned into this. <laughs> but I mean the, the the metaphor for this film because it's four young Japanese girls go visit one of their aunts, yeah, in this um, secluded just ultimately like, creepy crib, yeah, in, like country mansion, basically. yeah, country manor uh, in, in Japan. And basically the house is punishing these girls for being like young, unmarried, sort of fast and loose compared to the older generation that like has this 
antiquated and very rigid definition of love. It's like absolutely a commentary on like post-World War II conservative conservative conservatism in japan yeah like, like the, the marriage thing is like a like the house eats unmarried women yeah and like they're, <laughs> they're going like because like she's bringing all her friends because her dad just got remarried mm-hmm. and like she doesn't fuck with her stepmom yeah. and that kind of thing but just like i i just justin reminded me of this it is a huge problem that like they don't pay enough attention to translations in, yeah, in subtitles. they don't because colloquialisms don't translate so that yeah words in english have multiple meanings yeah. depending on who and why they're and being i started. remember when uh before they i actually never saw the remake uh but uh when let the right one in came out mm-hmm. uh and it was like a, a big deal like internationally at the time it was a big deal uh and i finally like got the dvd like you know freshman year of college or whatever and then i found out like the DVD that they just put out of Let the Right One In has subtitles made for dumbasses. <laughs> like, you know, I was just sitting there like, if yours is one with the serial number this through this, you got the subtitles for dumbasses. Is this true? Version. This yeah, is true. Like, and then they like they like they re-released it, you know, like yeah. a year or so later. But the first printing of the Let the Right One In DVDs has like like, you know when you go to Wikipedia, like the simple English version, yeah. it they basically were like that's what it is. That's so, like, crazy. And I'm sure that that happens all the time for stuff. Yeah. Cause that, cause there's, I don't think, at least I don't know if this is true, that there's no correspondence between both teams where it's like, <clears throat> you did the right job and they go back and they go over with a fine tooth comb and they do this with like, you know, to bring it back to video games, like long 50 hour games yeah. where it's like, they go through every single <laughs> line of dialogue and make sure that it's correct. I bet like Disney has an entire department of people yeah. doing that, but like smaller companies absolutely certainly not. don't. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we just sent our movie to Spain and, oh, shit. uh, so they made subtitles for us and I have no idea what they say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, we had it, we had the film transcribed in English and we sent that to them and then it's their job to, Put it to Spanish. Yeah, and then, a lot of liberties are taken when that's happening. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I, I didn't. I wasn't there. I mean, yeah. even when like, like I'm not a fluent Spanish speaker, but I, I'm pretty good. And if I'm watching something, uh, usually something in English that has Spanish subtitles, right? I'm like, it doesn't always line up. Like I'm thinking, like, well, that isn't how like a, that's not how a teacher would tell you to say that, yeah. or that's not how like somebody. You, like you know speak Spanish would tell you to say that yeah. so it's definitely a problem uh, before we ask uh, if, if we're gonna check this one out or keep it uh, what's the best kill in the movie I think the piano the the piano thing uh, there is a another member, member what's the piano thing a, pia- <laughs> the, a girl's playing the piano and it basically like devours her like well, while she's playing yeah like hand, hands fingers cho- eaten off like the keys become becomes like a maul and like a mouth and like starts ch- chomping her up and like it's bloody and but it's like super cartoony. It's like yeah. you don't take it seriously. You might as well hear Yakety Sax playing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's but it's you gotta remember there's like young girls this is happening too. And yeah. it's like there it is very disturbing, but like Wes said, it, it's undercut by yeah, this sort of slapsticky tone and it's like there's it's beautifully colored. There's there's it, the color palette on it is like it's it's very um like kaleidoscopic. It reminds me of Suspiria. Yeah. It's not a bad the the OG one. Yeah, the OG one. I've not seen the new one. Um but yeah, it's sort of like uh Ozu is like my favorite director, Japanese director, and he always did these very serious and quiet and sort of lyrical movies about family, uh, generational gaps between families and love. Like this is like Ozu on acid because it's like <laughs> our fucking special K or some shit. Because it's like it, it breaks form. It, it's anything. It's it it is the anything that a film is possible to be as far as what it can do on screen, 
breaking structure and form. It, it, it sort of takes those risks, which is crazy in 1977 yeah. to see. And like, you know, we see that now with like, uh, what was something we can compare to in modern day? Um, somebody a movie, help me. A movie like this? Yeah. yeah just, I mean, I'm just saying like something that's know, really surreal. You know, it's almost like, um, it's not, almost, it's not exactly like this, but like Speed Racer is kind of like this. Not, not bad. Not bad at yeah. all. It's like Speed Racer meets Monty Python of like, like yeah, a decapitated a girl gets decapitated and her head like still talks and like oh floats what into, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's and, like, and the, that was about to say one of my favorite scenes is like they she finds the head in the well of her friend yeah and it, it starts laughing at her and then it rolls away and then it flies through the air and bites her in the butt yeah <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous that's what I'm saying so it's like you don't know whether to laugh or scream but I think that's a like a perfect balance of what a horror movie can be and just film in general it's, it, it takes a lot of risks it's crazy. Uh, I, I I'm trying to say this without sounding like the most ignorant like Western white guy. Uh, oh, and I I just mean like <laughs> like watching like my before I was watching Japanese like actual movies. I my only and I think this is true for a lot of people. My only introduction to Japanese culture was through uh, anime, mm-hmm. and there's uh, anime has habits that uh, U.S. cartoons don't have. Sure, but there are definite like like you can tr- like it's not the same. I'm not saying like. Oh, how this is like a real life anime? Like it's, not, I mean, some aspects of it are like that. I mean, when that head is flying at her butt, it has yeah. like the lines of like the. You know what <laughs> no I mean? way! Like, I mean, it moves really quick. It kind of looks like. But that. Like, what I mean is like there, it, it isn't dissimilar from that. And like watching it, and like you, I know you've watched plenty of anime, yeah. and like you will see like, it's like stuff that like, if I didn't know, I would think this was stupid. But, like, I know that this is just, like, a Japanese thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's a hell of a we were talking about the only knock you could really have on Halloween would be the acting style, mm-hmm. if you were unfamiliar with it. Yeah. Because no one talks like that anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's just, like, people might get hung up on the, the unfamiliarities with it. Right. But it, there is some crazy shit in there. Yeah, it's just, like, an hour and 40-minute, like, it's, hell ride. It's 98, yeah. Yeah, so right there, right yeah. on the cusp. And it's, uh... So, uh, Wes. Yeah. You keep this or you... Yeah. No, I love this movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, Wes, Wes got it easy. I got it easy <laughs> from all of us. I really I, yeah, we, we... This needs to be said. Like, we all thought we were, like, dunking on one another. No. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to throw you a fucking curveball, baby. And, like, we all love the movies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> except maybe Justin because we'll get to why I was... Yeah, my I, recommendation. I think we've fuck. reached... Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we have. But yeah, uh, but after this, we're we're going to talk about the final two movies we watched. Uh, I think the most uh, pain that I've seen, and also like the most glee that I've seen uh, this weekend. So right after that, on the uh, Halloween episode of Late Fees, we'll be right back. I'm sorry you feel that way. Because even though you did a cheap, disgusting act by exposing your breasts, I really think that you didn't know any better. You were just trying to impress everybody, especially Allie. I was not. Sure you were. Mary, you don't have to go through life as a tag-along. Why don't you just try being yourself? My name is not Mary, it's Mare. I hate that name. I'm giving you one last chance, Mayor. We're sleeping out tomorrow night. I'd love to have you there. Just say you're sorry. Never. I would rather die first, Angela. What are you looking for? A gun? No. A drill. 
We're going to scare the hell out of you. (laughs) Welcome back to Late Fees. (laughs) I am Justin, of course, joined by Eric, Wes, and Pat, and Cam. Uh, We are talking about our uh, Halloween movies that we all gave to each other. We did a Halloween Secret Santa, Secret Jack-O-Lantern. We'll call it Secret jack That's the name of this episode. Secret Secret Jack-O-Lantern. Okay, that's the name of the episode. We all put the pics in a fucking pumpkin and somebody got a shit end of the stick and somebody got a good end of the stick. And you know what? The next movie we're going to talk about is my movie that I got. And it was a shit end of the stick. <laughs> it was just imagine Stan Winston, one of the most visionary uh, special, effects. The special effects, visual effects person of all time says, I want to direct a movie. Like you're gonna give him forty million dollars or whatever, right? How much? How much did this movie cost? How much does this movie cost to make? I'm going clean fifteen. Cost? In nineteen in 1988. year after uh, we're fact checking uh, here. Made folks. four million. I'm trying to find. It made four. Oh God! Christ! I get it. I can't. It no, there's no budget. There's no budget information. Keep keep looking. I'll keep going. So they they gave him a sum of money to make his own movie. He makes his own effects, everything, and he says, you know what? Here's the script. Just adapt this. And he says, okay. And he said, you know what? This movie is called Pumpkinhead. And on paper, you're like, all right, I'm, I might be down. This yeah. is the guy behind some of my favorite movie uh, monsters of all time. And then you fucking watch the credits and it's like burning shit in the background. Opening and I, credits are cheesy. And I too. remember telling Eric, I was like, I miss it. Like, I, like movies don't do this anymore. Yeah. It's always cold open mm-hmm. and then the, the actual title at the end. Yeah, I know? like when they make you watch the credits. Yeah. It's it, like, it's like it builds anticipation. Yeah, the only it, person who still does that is Tarantino. Uh, yeah, what is it? it What's the budget? Three point five to make. Three point five to make. Four point three. So it cost. It made money. money. It, made, I, it, it made more it than maximum overdrive. It made money. <laughs> it made money. But it, I mean, obviously, this movie's like a a, a demo reel for fucking for, for practical effects. Yeah. But um, I was saying like movies don't do like Halloween. The new one doesn't. Yeah, they have a credit a credit roll. I love it, and it's very yeah. cool. Yeah, this one does it. It's just you're just looking at burning shit. Yeah, it's, it's just really burning just shit. simple flames. Yeah, and then it goes, and you're in some strange. T- here's here's my problem with this movie. Pumpkinhead, of course, we're talking about Pumpkinhead. Yeah. I don't know what year this movie takes place in because it seems like the teenagers are in the late eighties. Yeah, Lance Hendrickson's character. Is in like 1945. Like no, I was gonna say like colonial America. <laughs> yeah. There are there are dirty children who look like they are straight from 1925. Yeah, yeah. Dust, dust bowl, yeah, dust bowl kids. Like, That's yeah. literally what it is. It's like grapes of it's not. It, it looks like they're in California at one point. Then yeah. they're in New Orleans at another like point. In the bayou, yeah. And then they're. In, I think you said Utah last night at another point. It's just like I have no clue of the geography of this of this world. Before but, we get into the geography, give a. Brief a synopsis down of what what it actually is. Okay, I'll try. try it, <laughs> so, uh, what the, the main character? I just call him Lance Hendrickson because that or Hendrickson because I just love him being you know, I just love him so much. It's crazy that he's in this movie. It's crazy that he's he's even done this. The only direction they seem to have given him in this movie is just snarl at the camera a couple times. If and, you've seen uh, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, mm-hmm. he's basically playing Dewey's dad. The in wrong kid movie. died today. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, well, which he, is funny because the his kid does die in this movie. Yeah, yeah. so... Nice, nice flash forward to walk hard. So roughly, uh, there is this... Uh, 
there is a spell or this like this ancient evil that you can conjure up that will mark itself to the per- the, the people or or person that it wants to enact the revenge upon if you've called it you know called it on them. It's yep. called Pumpkinhead. So they tell you the story there. Kind of don't tell you a lot about it. It's like a, a, a weird colonial guy that looks like it was just really like a week ago yeah. from where it was, <laughs> and then it goes to. The present yeah, day. Just says, no, just, just says, says present. the present. Yeah, <laughs> like as if I could confuse it for you know 1975 New York. Yeah. Um, and Lance and his son, they seem to really live on their own plot of yeah, land. Like, like they own a gas station, uh, corner store, general store. Yeah. And does he homeschool this kid? It, this kid seems real. Like this kid yeah, seems. Th- it, He's on the spectrum. On the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I, this kid seems kind of on the spectrum. Well, if this guy was your dad and he was like the only person you talked to and like you lived alone and the only other people you saw were like feral children, feral yeah. children who like made fun of you and hit you with sticks, like he's you'd, very you'd mean be to a him. weirdo too. He's very mean to the kid. Like, it's a very like it, and I actually I often I agree with you in this case. I a lot of times like a movie when I'm like, when the fuck does this take place? I guess it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. uh, because I do. I'm like the, the like oldest like grumpy old man thing about me is that I more or less think like cell phones have kind of ruined like the plots movies. of movies yeah. now because like, they have to be there. Yeah, uh, and I don't want to like fuck that. Yeah, movie takes place in 1988 or 1998. <laughs> like, there's no phones, uh, but usually if the whole world were like one where I was like, what year is it? Yeah, it would be cool. But it is weird when, like, seriously, like, the Ski Patrol crew yeah. from, like, an 80s movie shows up yeah. and, like, they're <laughs> fucking with them. Yeah. Like, that's who it they're, is. And they're dressed so differently. They're all dressed in different periods. Yeah. That it's like, even though the Dusty Kids look, they're from the same area, realistically, yeah. that Lance's character is from, they're dressed completely different. They look so, like steampunk. So Lance and his son live in, like, live kind of alone. They live in squalor. He's a widower. They yeah. definitely live, everybody lives in squalor. Uh, and these kids, these motorcycle yeah, racers, these like dirt, dirt bikers, like, dirt bike. like they're like on their way to go camping, and through like a really convoluted dirt biking accident, like they. Oh, how the convoluted kid. is this accident? <laughs> where they say, you know what? Let's take our bikes off the fucking truck because all we're doing is shopping for regular supplies to go to this, this like cabin. An apple. <laughs> and they're and they're like, you know, what? let's do a couple laps on the hills. There's some bitching hills over yeah. there. Let's go do a couple laps. The kid Lance tells his child specifically. Watch the dog. If you were to look at this kid and hear how this kid talked, I would not allow. I would not allow. Yeah, this. you would be telling this the kid, dog to watch the kid. This kid is like the BB-8 of children. Like, this, <laughs> there's no way this child is capable of doing these things by itself. Of course, the dog gets away from the kid, and uh, the motorcycles go up, then down. There's like a very long play here where yeah. the, the motorcycles are going up this hill, down this hill. One of the motorcycles misses the kid. The second one. And I, I hate to sound really mean here. It, it looked like it grazed the motherfucker. There's no yeah, way the it, kid yeah, is dead. It is not like a yeah. He kills the kid. I mean, let, the kid also ran by like five adults who just watched this little boy run right past him into the line of fire of motorcycles. But after they were they, they were punked by a bunch of dusty kids that they could have literally just beat up. Oh yeah, I forgot about it's the really apple. Strange. It's a strange fucking. Yeah. This movie sucks. I don't think it sucks, oh, but wow. I think it's strange. This movie sucks. This I, is one of the worst you know, movies I've seen all year. You know this is like considered kind of a cult classic. I know. Like they're wrong. People love this movie. I know. They're I, so, wrong. I don't, I don't, I'll say this. I don't love this movie, but I do kind of dig it. It's weird. I dig but. parts of it, but it kind of let me down. I would say. But anyway, so the, his kid dies. They, he, but they, they leave the scene yeah, of the car. The kids <laughs> the kids all for one who's like he's not that good of a guy. He he stays and like the, the But the not so good of a guy? 
he flips a fucking switch. I mean, oh. he is the most evil man yeah. on earth. Yeah. I like I like actually liked him. So he, so the, the kid dies, the dad finds him. He takes the kid's body to the cottage of a witch who keeps the body. She says, "Go to a graveyard by a pumpkin patch and dig up this stuff and bring it back to me." He does that. That stuff turns into pumpkin head. And then pumpkin head like stalks and kills these teenagers before uh what's his name? Uh Heinrichsen. Henriksen. Henriksen. Before he realizes... It's like, the bad thing Yeah, to like, do. oh, I shouldn't have done this. Like, you know, revenge begets more revenge. Also, I'm, like, now genetically linked to Pumpkinhead, and we both have to die. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, you kind of get that. And, but, I mean, Lance goes on, like, a RPG, like, journey to find this witch. Yeah. By which he has to go to the shanty town. <laughs> which I, I love the shanty town. But I would love it more, Wes, if it actually connected to every other set piece in this movie yeah. it's just, this is like in a completely different movie it looked like it was in like the goonies or something and i love that like there's that kid that's like hey i'll show you where the witch lives <laughs> oh yeah uh, bunk what's his name bunk right bunk bunt bunt, bunt. 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 He, i think that kid actually is one of the better uh, i love that kid no he's great yeah. he's good i i really do like bunt he he actually even though like the movie slows down again when he comes in because of course bunt can't die like yeah they, they, they're like oh no 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 we, we can't have bunt die he's like the most likable person in this movie so he, he finds the witch. The uh, the witch is crazy. The witch is crazy. Yeah. But I, at what point does he walk into this house and say, mm, maybe I shouldn't do this? Well, the whole time I was watching, I said, dude, if you're going to go through all this trouble and you want these kids just to die, kill them. just load up your rifle and go kill them. Like, why, yeah. why are you summoning the hell spawn to take care of this for you? Like, you're causing way more. Like, this could have been done quietly. He, has, he, has, to bleed. <laughs> he has to bleed in order for Pumpkinhead to. Yeah, he's slicing his fingers open. Like, he has to do this ritualistic. Uh, uh, like worship to to appease this witch. Who, the, the witch says, "Like I gotta do some stuff before it work. Yeah. Like bring it back here. I gotta do some stuff to it before." It also, work. Lance like, what? Bring, Lance brings his dead ass son everywhere yeah, he like, goes. It's, it's like weekend at Bernie's with this <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, he drives around with his dead kid shows, under a blanket. <laughs> shows all the, the the local townspeople like I need to find this witch. And like at one point, like at what point does someone just be like? Bro, you're doing too much. Just here's a gun. All of the crazy inbred locals are are also like, don't do it, man. Like you don't. Yeah, have they're to the voices of reason. Yeah, it's like reverse pet cemetery, actually. Yeah, because he just really just goes through with it and digs up fucking pumpkin head and he appears. Um, one thing I do want to talk about before we actually talk more about because I mean this is an important part of the movie. He's a, he's the title character. What did you guys feel about Pumpkinhead? Big thumbs down. I think he's the goofiest motherfucker I've ever seen in my it, life. It looks like the xenomorph, but like. How? If somebody like like bleached it and like I don't I just how about I don't how think it's he scary. stands like there's one point where he's holding someone up and it's a wide shot of what his whole body and I'm like he looks dumb as fuck yeah I don't think he looks good he is also the most inefficient killer of all time there is one point in the movie where the first teenager he grabs a nice guy who tells the girl hey think about Jesus <laughs> this he's the one <laughs> yeah. who brings you strength he's tossing this guy around for about five minutes and he's still not dead. I just remember him uh, putting his finger through the girl's head. Yeah, well, he like, but he like carves. He's, he carves. He like yeah. carves, scratches her. You think he's gonna like rip out her brain, but she also lives for. Like yeah, that, she lives for, for ten, like minutes. ten minutes. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> All then, he does is throw people. But like the the big crux of or the big like pivot, I guess, is uh, Sam Winston or not Sam Winston. Um, uh, who, who's the main character? I'm Lance Anderson. Yeah, Lance starts to feel guilt because he because he is now connected to the spawn so like when um 
the the creature attacks these kids. He feels it, and it takes like uh, power and and all this you know strength away from him. And he's like, I have to defeat this thing now. This I, this thing has gone too far. And so um, yeah, there's like a big final scene where he uh, confronts the monster that he summoned. Which, by the way, it's called Pumpkinhead. You see maybe one pumpkin. Maybe a couple, and they look like they're from Dollar Tree. Yeah, I, I, it's it's. I more wanted like a, him to be more pumpkiny. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be more pumpkiny, like you know, like a, like a, like a, like one of those ninety early nineties movies. Yeah, like he a, looked like he the Leprechaun it, or something. It looked shit. like Stan took elements of like Xenomorph, Xenomorph, really American Werewolf in, in London, and like a couple other movies. It's like these are all my inspirations here. Yeah. Let me just put him in one monster because he doesn't even look like. I mean, obviously they don't do a lot of wide shots of the body, but the face is even goofy because there's one part where his face starts looking like Lance's face, and I'm like, "All right, guys, this is getting way too deep for me here. Like, just give him one complete look and just put a pumpkin on his head." I, I wasn't that mad when it started to look like Sam it was like, "Okay, he's becoming one. He's coming inseparable, inextricable from this spirit, this hell spawn." Uh, but yeah, but it's supposed to be scary when it's like close enough and he's like squinty like like Lance. And I was like, I'm going to laugh at this. It's goofy uh, as yeah. fuck. And then he realizes that he has to die for this thing to die. So you you know you know where it goes. The kills are really bad in this movie. Except for the the one, I wouldn't actually say it's a good kill, but when the guy who actually hit the kid with his bike gets killed, yeah. Pumpkinhead impales him on his own rifle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah and lifts, and lifts him up. up. That's lifts the part I'm up. talking about yeah. where he lifts him up yeah. with a rifle and it's like a wide shot of his body. I'm like, this looks very unnatural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, I did think that like, just impaling a guy on a rifle was pretty great. But overall, like, He stole that from Michael Myers, by the way. Yeah, Michael Myers does that shit. He stole yeah, that. that's true. Michael that's did it better. Well, that's, when it was happening, I was like, I was all I could hear was the two of you going like, somebody get stabbed with a shotgun. <laughs> and I was like, wait, that's not, Michael what? did it. Yeah. Michael uh, thought of that shit we first. We have to address, before we go on to the final movie, uh, the mix, the gaff. Yeah. No, why did you pick this movie? Yeah, Eric, no, well, hold yeah. on. Let, I, I, before, before we move on, don't watch this movie ever. <laughs> so we're, we're putting it back on the show. I'm hook. putting that shit in fucking hell where <laughs> it belongs. That's, uh, to Wes's point, that, that is um, against the grain. Apparently this is a cult classic. Whatever. <laughs> I, you can't beat me, so it whatever. It's fine. I, I, I wanted to like the movie more than I did, and I... I I would watch a lot of that movie. Is that. Riley Reed's N-word song? Oh, to me. that's a very niche. Comparison. <laughs> <laughs> Only like real horny people understand that one. Um, and, horny and woke, horny and or racist. I'm yeah. not sure. <laughs> um, it's horny and it's racist. <laughs> it's horny and it's racist. Uh, but a quick backstory before we move on to the fourth and final film. Uh, you got off easy, motherfucker. I did. I'm very happy about it. But there's a we came to the realization about halfway through this film. Uh, it was about, it's a, you know, hour and 40 minutes or so about, you know, 45 minutes into it. I'm looking around and on my phone, I'm scratching my head. I'm like, Justin, I, this isn't the movie I thought I was recommending for you. <laughs> uh, because I picked, I, I had a quick, quick from the draw, quick from the hip response to Justin when I told him to, he was going to watch Pumpkinhead and my three horror aficionado <laughs> friends were actually impressed. We're like, nice pool. Eh? <laughs> That's like really good. And man. then I said, Pumpkinhead, eh, it's been a couple years. Yeah. I thought that you were just dunking on me. I was like, I know this movie's probably not good, but you know, Eric, I got one for you, yeah. motherfucker. And I was like, okay, like cool, like they're proud of me. I did, it, I did good. And then we turned it on. I was like, this is not the fucking movie I was. Thinking. Like, <laughs> it's that- just so funny because like I was looking, I was looking at it, and like when I told you it was on Hulu, you were like, oh no fucking way, like that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and like I guess that should have been like our first red flag. Yeah. I but, was like. Eric's like it's called Pumpkinhead. I'm looking it up. It's made in '88. It stars the dude from Alien and is made by like the 
monster costume guy. Yeah. Like, monster um, squad. Like, like, there's a mini like yeah. uh, affiliations here yeah. that, that, that work on brand for this. So like also like whenever Eric tells me like he's not like quite into something, that is usually true, like for horror movies, but he'll also like he'll know even if he's not into it, he'll know like what the respectable deep cuts are. <laughs> so like I thought that's what this was. Yeah. And then it was just a complete Yeah, I forty five minutes into it, I'm like, dude this ain't it. This ain't it, man. I thought I was recommending a movie about four dudes in leather jackets who ride motorcycles but have pumpkins on their heads and murder like a small I literally, town. Last night I said Ghost Rider? And you said, no, <laughs> not Ghost Rider. I would have known the Nicolas Cage classic, but I was – I fucking was like pulling my hair. I was like, what is this movie? I've been looking for the poster all day. And it's I can't impossible find- to find because the keyword biker is still relevant to yeah, pumpkin. To the pumpkin. We, so, can't, yeah. we can't find what we're talking about. So I type in like murderer – pumpkin motorcycle and of course pumpkin as the first word pops up <laughs> but it's not what i was thinking so i was like halfway through the movie i was like bro i'm sorry i thought we were gonna be watching something totally i was different. very upset because before we watched this movie i recognized that eric had already seen sleepaway camp and we i was like you know what let me slide over to the second one because even though it's not as it's not as uh beloved beloved as the first one it's or still infamous. or infamous yeah, yeah, it yeah. still has Things that I could I could consider problematic within the movie, yeah. within the first twenty minutes of it, that are literally like, okay, we're in uncharted territory here. But you ended up fucking loving it, and I watched it again, and I was like, oh shit, I really love this movie too. Yeah, I actually haven't seen the second one, but it sounds like Wes likes it or at least respects it. Uh, I have a lot to say. I the first time I saw this, I hated it. First time I saw yeah, it. first no, I, I I'm kind of backwards. The first time I saw Sleepaway Camp two, I really liked it. And the more I've watched it in the past few years, I like it a little less each time. <laughs> like it, it, it's one of those movies that like they like did a weird like dream sequence just to pad it out. So yeah, because they like didn't have a movie that was long enough, and like this movie's short as fuck. It's real short, and it it's barely like a movie. Barely has a plot. Um, and now like we'll, we'll let Eric speak to it, but. Yeah. 80 minutes, 80 minute runtime. Like it, it, I mean, I'll let uh, Eric speak to it, uh, really, but it has little, like very little to do with, uh, part one. But to me, it looks like it had the bigger budget between three and one combined because it, it, I mean, they do awful. Three is one of the worst movies probably of all time, but they filmed it back to back. Yeah. Which is, which makes it even more perplexing. But, uh, Eric, Sleepaway Camp 2, can you give us a quick synopsis of it? I guess you kind of also have to give a quick synopsis of one. Yeah. And chime in if if I'm missing anything. Uh, we, we, we overshot number one so I could watch two for this. Uh, Angela Baker, who was the, uh, antagonist, murderous, um, uh, camper from the first Sleepaway Camp which follows her murderous journey as she dispatched um, fellow campers and counselors. And children. And, chi- and fellow children. <laughs> she kills uh, children. And um, in, in the, in the original, which you know was all sort of co- – the, the texture underneath it was that she was um, having gender dysmorphia, uh, sexual identity issues, and she grew up in a very traumatic and abusive household – that made her suppress all of this, and it sort of transmogrified as violence and murderousness. But uh, you don't find that out until the very end of the movie. Either she's killed all these people that uh, she that she still has um, male genitalia. Male genitalia, <laughs> uh, and I don't. Know, I, this is the most like intellectual, yeah, she, uh, reasoning. Most of, people would just say she had a dick. She had a dick at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She had a dick. So and. 
And I'm sorry, Cam, we're spoiling it, but I'm telling you, the actual visual of it is more sickening than we could ever tell you. I'm trying to, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying my best to, you know, it's wild. Use the the appropriate uh, language to describe it because literally the punchline of the movie is like dun dun dun, and it just zooms in on a dick. Yeah, and it's like that's that's why she's crazy because she's trans. Like it, it, it's kind of insane and offensive, but also in a way, in a very backwards way, it was. You hadn't seen anything like that. Yeah, it, I, it's to this day. I don't think we've seen anything. It's one like of the that. weirdest, crazy, shock endings I've ever seen yeah. in a movie. Yeah. So, and yeah, like, you, I saw that at uh, God. I saw it at Cine Family. Yeah, which which yeah. is the whole another thing. shocking ending. Uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, but I saw it with a friend that had never seen it, and I just remember turning to see his, his reaction and his jaw. Was like on the floor, and I love his it. hands were like on his head, and he was it. just like, "I what, what, yeah. what?" So you see, yeah, you see a young, you know, thirteen-year-old girl or something, yeah, and it's she's optics. covered in blood, and but it's so the optics what's more that shocking. Are wrong. Yeah, it's it's optics because I mean, the point. I mean, it's hard not to strip it of its of its text, where it's like oh, she's a crazy trans person, like this is she's a psycho trans. Um, but, they, but it's also like, are we also looking at, she's supposed to be a child. Are we listening to, looking at a child's dick? You right are. Now? Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, it's, but the thing is that the actual actor who did it was, was an adult. Like they had, they had a mask of It was the, Ken Jeong from Hunt. <laughs> yeah. Uh. yeah. They, they had like an actual grown adult and they molded Angela's face yeah. and they made him put a mask on. And so it was why it looks so weird. Why, yeah. It looks weird just, on the, on the, on the wide shot, yeah. but in the front shot, it's actually her. It's a but, man's body. Like, like, like an adult man. Yeah. But so like the, she's still a girl, but the punch, the the big reveal is still like, oh, this she was once identified as a boy and still has male genitalia. And why? And obviously, the optics, like you said, are wrong there. But I think why it's been an endearing movie for, I mean, in a lot of ways, for people you know that identify as transsexual, transgender, mm-hmm. um, because it's like the first movie where they actually have a representative like that. And yeah, they they. I mean, it's wrong, but it's like shocking, and it's also empowering in a lot of it's ways. It's very too. true, and I was I was speaking off mic about it too. I don't. Want, I would never try to speak for anyone about this, but I actually read a review from a trans woman on Letterbox, and she was just like Letterbox.com. Letterbox.com. Check them out. We have, we have great Letterbox. She was like, I watched this for my own perverse. Uh, like I had to know. Like I, I just wanted to see if it was offensive as I heard, but it was like she said there was something liberating in watching a trans person you know, get back at all these people bullying her and all this other shit. And like, yeah, sort of, yes, she's bad. And, and she is not, this isn't like a, a revenge thriller. She's a bad person and a murderer, but like it was a, uh, there's something like backwardsly. You can't <laughs> not view it as a revenge thriller yeah. almost because well, of like, that's why I like number two so much yeah. because I think that that leans more into it. Yeah. Did you want to say something else before I get into two? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what is two about? Two is a, two is a much, much easier. It's, to it's a direct, it's yeah, a direct, direct sequel. sequel. Angela Baker's back. She's a grown woman now after a full post-op. She Wait, went, did they say that? Yes. She says, uh, she says she had, uh, she went through, uh, shock therapy and a surgery. Yeah. So oh, I totally missed that. Yeah. She, yeah. she went to a, a mental asylum for, for the murders, but while she was there, she was also like mistreated and like they tried to think it was something that they could like do a, a gay conversion therapy or something to get rid of it, but it didn't work because that was her identity. So she had a surgery to fully uh, transition into a woman. So she's back working at another camp and uh, causing havoc there because she's this very chaste, conservative 
by the rules counselor and any of the young fast loose girls who don't listen to her <laughs> she she takes out or or the boys who are like peepee tom and horny boys or and she, also like important to note completely different character oh yeah in the first movie she is basically mute ba- barely talks that's right she's and, really shy and, and that's why no one knew that she uh wasn't what she was yeah. purporting to be. And then in this movie, she's like super awkwardly outgoing, really chipper. and Pop Really punny. Also, <laughs> it's, also it's, a, uh, it's a different actress and it's actually Bruce Springsteen's sister. Sister. And they look yeah. exactly like each other. We were joking about it earlier. Like this was – she probably thought like, – because 88 was right when Bruce was really starting to pop. I mean pop. he was like one of the most powerful – like yeah. Born in the USA yeah. or, or – Born to Run, I think. They, they were both out at that point, yeah, I think. I think. I think Born in the USA was 87, so like he was literally like... King of the world. Yeah. So I, I can just imagine that those conversations like, guess what, big brother? I got my big break too. I'm right on your heels. I'm going to be just as famous as you. And that's, she never did anything after this. Born in the USA was 84, so oh, yeah, like, Bruce yeah. had been like king oh, of the world God. for a while, and then she, would, she did this. The big, yeah, biggest rock star versus like a C-budget horror movie. Um, but yeah, so uh, Angela... Shows up at this camp and is like, yeah, like, by the rules. I don't know. How, I guess there was no background check. Yeah, I was going to say, they should have run a background check. But the only person who do, does know is, like, this Reaganite, like, blonde-haired jock whose dad is a cop. He's like, my dad was one of the people who arrested Angela. And this, and it's because they're telling horror stories at the beginning of by a campfire. And the cold open features one of the gnarliest kills I've seen in, like, a, a, a very cheesy 80s horror movie where it's – they're talking shit about Angela. They don't know this is that girl. Uh, this is the same girl. She walks up behind someone who was disrespectful, hits her in the head with a log, splits her wig down to the white meat, blood everywhere, and then just cuts her tongue out. And then, yeah, she makes like a James Bond kind of pun. Like, shouldn't have been talking shit or something like that. <laughs> and it's just like, sleep away, can't too. Yeah, like, yeah. Can't with with like rock music. It's like the first movie starts so grim, like yeah. of kids like laughing and playing yeah. and all this stuff. It's and totally it, different. Yeah. yeah. And then the next hour and a half is literally this counselor murdering all her campers. Like no one asks like, hey, why is there six less girls in your, ca- <laughs> in your cabin than there was like two days ago? And then she keeps telling them I had to send them home. They broke the rules. But she has like a death shack that she stashes all the bodies. Just like Jason. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, just very Jason. <laughs> and, you know, and, then, and then there's a final girl who like is actually kind to Angela and isn't, you know, quote unquote a slut so she gets to live. And, who like, plays that final girl? Uh, one of the Estevez sisters. Molly, uh, what's her name? I'm blanking on her name. Who's the Estevez sister, Cam? Her name's Molly in the movie. Uh, we got the fact check here. But yeah, there's another Estevez uh, Famous Renee. sister. Renee. Renee, Renee Estevez and, uh, is in the movie. And she's like, yeah, the, the, the pure girl who gets to live <clears> the longest. Um, but yeah, some great kills. Um, just like a, a throwback to an era where like not even just camp but like cheese. Like it was so so much cheese. Like just corniness and, and, and schlock that you're just like, god damn it, I love it. This is the one with the girl and the, the shitter. She, she, oh my god, that's the worst one. She drowns someone in an outhouse, and you hear her gagging and bubbling on like the. Sh- uh, it's like fifty year old shit in there because it's like an abandoned yeah. outhouse, and she's pushing. Her, <laughs> she's pushing her head down with this. After with a, she stabbed her in the back, so she has an open oh, wound. Yeah. Open wound, thrown into a giant shitter. Uh, pokes her head down with the stick. She keeps trying to come up for air, and she has like leeches and shit on her face. Oh, yeah, it's it's one of those movies, it's folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a mean movie too. It's yeah. really mean. I know it's like really like revenge fantasy for uh, Angela because 
the revenge for Angela is what we wanted to see in the first movie. So this one gives it to you like from minute one all the way to like the 90th minute. Because Angela doesn't take a single L in this movie. She is like the Terminator. Like she's 10 steps ahead of everybody. She's smarter. She's more agile. She's more, she's like everywhere at once here. And like everyone, like no one was prepared for her seemingly, even though they knew this, like of her existence. And it was just, yeah. it was really, really weird. Like I, I do like some of the, the counselors. I liked like the, uh, the slutty girl was really fun. I thought she had a really cool arc. Oh yeah. There, there's not, that, a she's moment. the one who dies in the shitter. Yeah. That's not thought. There's, uh, there's not a moment wasted where, uh, it's like almost like meatballs, the movie where it's like, Oh, there's a, Lull in the conversation, a girl just lifts up her shirt and exposes her breast. Yep. Like, there's a lot of nudity, uh, female-only nudity. Uh, a lot of 80s uh, convos, too, where it's like she has sex with some dude and she says, you don't have AIDS, do you? Oh, I, was, yeah. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's after they had sex. Yeah, it's after they had, after they had like, unprotected sex and he like, definitely like came. Yeah. And she's like, getting oh, dressed. you didn't have AIDS, right? Like, He's like, no. Like, okay, cool. And then it's like, Goes on about you her. You might day. be pregnant though. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a wild movie, folks. Like, I was so I, I, I. What's the opposite of dodging a bullet? I like received the bullet that I wanted. I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like this what movie if, rules. What about the weird sequence where they are parroting like Jason and Freddy and Leatherface? Yes, yes. Oh yeah, there's like a costume night, which you know lends itself to have like you know, insane reveals and she gets to cover her face and murder people who are already covered in blood and stuff. Yeah. There's like a kid running kid who has like a leather face and a chainsaw. No, kid no has Freddy, Freddy. Freddy. She's leather face. Yeah. The kid's Freddy and the other kid's Jason. Yeah. And she takes Freddy's one of the, the Freddy's glove off the kid and like slices a kid's throat. Who, it's why, a why was Freddy it just, yeah. why was it sharp? Yeah. I was like, why was it sharp? Real, it's extremely dangerous. Real, the fake one I was wearing last night yeah. seemed dangerous. P- Pafif was wearing it last night. We, were, we said that it looks like Pafif. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So she slices one kid's throat, which like I was saying, just like, holy shit. Like it was one of the best Active. acting moments of like. A kid choking on his own blood. It, it lasts for like 45 seconds and it feels like an attorney. He's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's my big thing with this movie is like the kills like hang too long. Yeah. yeah. Like it's weird. It's They're like, very mean. It's like they forgot to turn the camera off or something. Yeah. Like, the tongue kill. Like the, they like, like stay on it. For yeah. Like they stay on it for five seconds. seconds. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? Cut the camera. The that, only one that doesn't get any slack is the drill because I don't think they knew what the fuck to do with the drill. Yeah. yeah the, <laughs> I was telling them too. I was like. There's no tension in this movie. Like there, <laughs> no, there, there's no like jump scare, no mute because there's no music. I don't think so. It's like Angela takes a girl. She catches one of her cabin mates uh, having sex. She takes her in her car and she's like, "I'm gonna give you one last chance, or I'm gonna send you home. All you have to do is apologize." And of course, she's like, you know, like a bratty Beverly Hills girl, or whatever. She's like, "I'm never apologizing to you, you freak." And she goes, "Okay," and like casually reaches behind her car, and even the girl is like. What are you reaching for? A gun? LOL. And she goes, no, a drill. And then puts the drill in her head and then she's just dead. I'm like, what? It ha- everything happens so quickly and so like like no stakes are involved. It's yeah. so crazy. And that's for every single kill because even at the end of the of the shit kill, I know, I know that we keep coming back to this even though there are like way worse ones. She said, you should have been the first to go. And then yeah. it cuts yeah. to like another scene. <laughs> Angela's got quips for days. Like all day. Like there's another scene where there's there's like one. She kills about 11 people in this movie I think. A whole camp? <laughs> yeah, she kills like the whole camp. Yeah. She, she kills a girl because she was a snitch. And she was like, you're going to tell. That's and literally what she stabs says. her. Yeah, you're going to tell. Uh, there's another kill where she throws acid in some guy's face. Uh, oh, yeah. The head kill I think really got Eric a lot. The head kill is crazy. 
Which, oh, when he she chops off the boy's chops head. Chops off the boy's head. Yeah, because that, that's the most intense, I think. I mean, the, the drowning one with the, in the shit is rough to watch because it's prolonged, but like, she just like picks up a weapon <laughs> and decapitates a grown man in like a matter in, like, of seconds. Second. Yeah, I was like, ah, oh, I made this fucking right noise. Off. <laughs> yeah. Where this movie kind of fell apart for me, uh, I really think that after when it gets to the shack, where it, all they're doing is fucking around in this death shack for yeah. 20 minutes, you see that. She has all the bodies strewn around. They're still breathing unless they had some type of prosthetic or they were burned alive or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They're still breathing. And I'm just like, I can see them still, yeah, yeah. still breathing there. <laughs> so they're not like the, <laughs> the girl in the shitter is still breathing. She just has the lead. I was like, they were called back to set yeah, that day. We're, we're going to need you back. We're going to need you back because we're going to be fucking around the shack all day. And then uh, Molly, the girl who survives, ends up getting one over on Angela. One of the worst like hits with a stick ever. She hits her with a stick and she just kind of like slowly falls down. I was like, you think you're too famous to fall down? Like you just, you're just a sister, not like a real like famous person. So she gets away and somehow she killed the camp, the, the owner of the camp, kills everyone else that had nothing to do with it and where they weren't even worried about her at the moment, kills everybody there. She literally killed an entire camp. She hitchhikes with some lady and just because the lady was smoking, she kills her too. And then Molly ends up like catching up to her and she finds it. She's like, no, and the movie ends. Yeah. How does the what, what's the resolution? There is there one. is a, one. Angela gets away. You think you think Molly escapes because she like you think she dies because she does fall off the side of the cliff after like a little tussle with Angela, but she she gets up and runs and like she runs up to this car thing and like this is gonna be oh I can get a ride and yeah. escape, but Angela had already killed that woman. The woman who's this country bumpkin, she her opening line is. No skin off my tits, <laughs> and that's her opening line. Like, what You're are you like, talking well, she's about? She's dead. Yeah, yeah, you know she's gonna. She curses and smokes. Two no nos for Angela. Uh, uh, so I say you got to keep this movie just because it's a a righteous sequel to a the proper cult classic. Like yeah. I think Sleepaway Camp One is loved, beloved because of just how insane and like uh, unexpectedly batshit it was. But this actually feels like. One of those so bad it's good movies that feels like a proper throwback to that era, which is like you might as well watch it. It's fun. It's ninety minutes of just pure insanity, and you'll get good laughs out of it. At least, yeah. I I too feel the same way. I think I hated it at first. Uh, watching it last night, I was like, huh, it has some redeeming elements of it. Like I would actually recommend somebody who has seen the first one to watch this because it gives you what the first one didn't give you. Even though there's some like really weird misgendering, I feel like they. I just. It's a product of the time. Like no one understood any of that. Any of that yet. Well, the, the dialogue wasn't the same as, as now. Like there wasn't a culture a of empathy, but also yeah. of, like scientific understanding. Uh-huh. But like a part of me was watching. I'm like, oh no, this like Pat was saying, this feels like a proper revenge. Where it's yeah. like these, you know, preppy jocks were like calling her him and mm-hmm. calling her her male name. Like yeah, mis misnaming and misgendering her. And she was like, I'm gonna fuck y'all up. Like, yeah, because some that actually felt more. While it still has the problematic undertones of psycho trans person, it felt like way more like liberating to watch as she's killing all of them versus the big shock reveal of of the first movie where it's like she's got a dick, which is like, <laughs> which you know the genitalia obsession is transphobic in and of itself. Yeah. Um, so this yeah felt a little more fun and, and carefree. I think like ju- just to go off that, I think like it's there's a difference between like talking about something and like acknowledge acknowledging what about it is problematic yeah and that's okay if the stuff isn't like i think it's there's a difference between justifying discussing stuff done in ignorance versus justifying stuff done in malice and i would say that like the problematic stuff from 
these movies, again, I haven't seen the second one, but the problematic stuff in the first one, what I can imagine is in the second, is more, like Justin said, like we say product of their time is kind of a blanket phrase. Yeah. And it's not always an acceptable thing, but sure. it is a, it, there is some truth to it in that they're not using, like the, the issues that, the transgender issues that you can discuss, the movies still bring up, and it's pretty crazy, like how relevant these movies are now. Sure. Agreed. Uh, their original intent, I don't think, was ever to vilify the trans community. Yeah. I think they could easily be accused of being guilty of unintentionally vilifying them through ignorance. Yeah, I think the first one more than the second one. But there's there's a big difference between like them not caring whether they were being really malicious yeah. or just like thinking like, oh, we made a really good movie. Yeah. And like, if there's a difference between those, I think it's fair to. Discuss I, what's you know good and bad. Com- completely agree. Uh, I I sometimes like battle with myself about Sleepaway Camp One because especially in like now like these years now yeah. when I first saw this movie it was around 2010. Yeah. Um, and as I've gotten older, I'm like, do I like this? And, and, I, th- and I think Friday Thirteenth Part One falls into this too. It's, it's very much a movie that people only talk about the twist and nothing else. Yeah. Sleepaway Camp is the same way. Like. For all intents and purposes, everything before that toy, Sleepaway is terrible in that movie. Like this, like two way better technically in a lot of way different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, and it doesn't even need a twist to do that. So I, I think that where I would put two over one, just as a movie, is because it, it's very clear on what it wants to be and the the uh, the objective that it wants, and that is to submit Angela as up there with Jason and Michael mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that's the movie where it's like, yeah, she's, she's right up there with them. And this is a badass female that's yeah. doing it. And I, and that's why I really like it. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, it's like, I've kind of like toned down kind of telling people about the first sleepaway camp, because that twist is really the only reason I want people to watch it. Yeah. You know, it, it, it ended up being like this perverse thing where it's like, they're going to see her face and they're going to see that wide shot. Yeah. And I was like, I have to, I can't really do that anymore yeah. because that was wrong. And it's wrong now, and I think in a lot of ways the sequel is better in that it, even though it does do some really fucked up shit with that, I do think it is a more like Eric said, it's a more righteous sequel mm-hmm. to that movie. But um, I, I look at it as t- as two pieces of, of of a puzzle. Like I do recommend people watch the first one to see where that story left off and what a good twist can do mm. in the same way i would tell people to watch friday 13 part one even though you really you could watch the second the far, first five minutes of the second one yeah. you, get, you pretty much get the gist of the movie but they, and they don't do they don't do that in sleepaway camp too but I, I i would say watch both of them I, I think you find something historically with both of them even though two is probably like the least popular of of, of the two never mm. watch three though but yeah that was my <laughs> that was my uh i just got woke <laughs> No, I got older. I'm, I'm very, I'm very proud of it. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a mature and 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 evolved thing to say. That's 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 what art should do. I think yeah. that's how people should engage with art because there are plenty of films who don't are are, are I should say are less um, less willing to admit their retrograde politics or retrograde views of humanity. That like they lean into it the deeper they go. And I think um, this. I'm not trying to. Make sleepaway camp some sort of like yeah, arbiter but, of but no, I mean of arbiter of great politics. But I was going to say time, that too. I think that's how you're. That's how you engage with it, and that's yeah. that's a reflection of your evolving politics, which I think is great. 
Um, and I look at it through, of course, the lens of horror. It's my, you know, horror is my favorite genre. I think Wes can agree with me there. It's my favorite genre movie. I love horror movies. And I look at Sleepaway through that through that lens where it's like there are a lot of horror movies that have that trope where it's like the horny teenagers will always die. And yeah. that's that's fine because it's t- it's it's a deeper it's a deeper issue of this the this is like how old people think and the the newer brasher final girl will always win because even though she is she has her own politics they're her own politics they're not what people have instilled in her like yeah, yeah. Lori Stroll was like that uh, the the final girl from mostly all the Friday Thirteenth even Friday Thirteenth Part Three she had her own politics she just didn't yeah. want to have sex because it just wasn't her thing and that's fine they like, she had her own thing to do and. I look at it like I, I know we're talking about Sleepaway Camp, like it's like some type of Oxford like, no, no, I mean, I, <laughs> type I, I, thing. But this is this is a movie that a lot of people like. Even when you speak about it, you see it on TV, you see it on like yeah. shows, and people talk about this movie. They don't talk about how terrible the movie is. They talk about Angela's final shot, yeah. and I think two is the perfect payoff to that final shot, where it's like, hold on, if you're going to judge the movie on this merit, see where they try to at least get it right, I even think, though they kind of yeah, stumble. Yeah, it's not it's not an incumbent. I mean, it should be at times because. I do think not all art, but most okay. art is political, whether or not it's trying to be like, that's more damning of the people watching it than the movie itself, where it's like, oh, like even if the movie is just like, like you said, and this non-malicious thing, if people like who claim to be woke progressive people are still like harping about genitals, mm-hmm. they're part of the transphobic problem. They can be allies all they want, but like it exposes a hole or a, a, a failure and a shortcoming in their own personal um, like empathy and, and, and politics, and I think that's that's important to talk about. Yeah, that I, that was the best for last. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Wes, yeah. Wes, you got any final bars for uh, how you feel about it? Just as a horror movie. Uh there's, I don't know. Like it, I don't like it as much as you guys, but I do. You're about two. Yeah, I do appreciate parts of it. I mean, I also think. I think Sleepaway Camp One is a pretty bad movie. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it is, it's, it's a bad movie. It's not a good movie. Uh, but uh, this one does some fun stuff. Uh, I just think there's something like missing. Like it, it goes on for too long. Like on certain parts. Yeah. And it's still like only 80 minutes. It's like they they didn't have like enough script or something. I, I will say when I was writing down uh, these four movies on my little checklist and writing down the runtime for each one. Oh my god, I was loving it. We didn't have a single movie longer than two hours. Beautiful. I think Sleepaway Camp 1 was the longest at an hour 50. Yeah. Uh, that's because of that. That movie is really long. Yeah, that's that extended flashback or like flat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that backstory. All the other ones were like less than 90. I was loving it. And that's yeah. why this this episode is our probably our quickest. Yeah, it is. Uh, we we are done with our Halloween episode. We, like we said, we got we to gotta get out so we can plan our Halloweens. Get over our hangovers, <laughs> and you guys can go out to yours. So um, that was our episode. Our next episode, oh boy! And, and just remember, this is coming out on a Wednesday, so don't be freaked out by the time this comes out. Oh man, we won't see you guys again till the sixteenth of Ooh, November. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. So um, just you, you get a little bit of an elongated break. Uh, the 16th, we had to fill that one in. We, we did Jim Carrey as a replacement on the 16th. Do we know which one we're going to do at this point? I think it's still up in the air depending on the guest. The yeah, guest, the yes. Guest I believe we will have a guest, uh, our first guest on this show uh, when we return on the 16th of November. Stay tuned. We, there will be a huge announcement for it. Uh, until then, just be- uh, If you're in Texas, vote for Beto. Yeah, I please. don't think I'm going out on a limb here for this podcast (laughs) 
to endorse uh, Beto O'Rourke in the great state of Texas. I think you're getting high fives right now from yeah. listeners. And right if now. you're in the great state of California, make sure you vote yes on Prop 10. And this is going against my super left leanings, but just fucking vote for the Democrats. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking, just fucking do it. And yeah, because we're not going to see any. We're not going to hear from everybody. So by the time we, we, we'll either be sad or yeah. Eric will uh, and Eric will not be with us, so we'll be happy. <laughs> and <laughs> if, if you are in one of the, if you're in a place in California where you can actually make a difference, please do it because all of us are going to vote for Dems in LA County. Yeah. And like, that's fun. But it, <laughs> they're winning. Yeah. Uh, so if you like, if you can get Devin Nunes out of office with your vote, do it. Yeah. And JD Scholten from Iowa, get fucking Stephen King. Uh, great. Wow. Turnaround. <laughs> Representative Steve King. He's the incumbent, the motherfucker who just went and did an interview on, Austria right You're wing. doing the point. You're doing the point. You're doing it. You're doing it. I, I, said, I, said the other, I said yesterday, Eric has a point when he talks. And he never, he didn't know he did a point. And I was like, when you do the point, I'm going to point it out. He did the point. He's a, and I know this term has been neutered because, uh, every, you know, he is a, it's lost its meaning, but he's a literal fascist. He's a literal white supremacist. He's literally like taking, he's cashing checks from Nazis yeah. before our eyes. Holocaust denier. Going over to Europe on to speak with fringe right wing groups, just get them out of office. I would never say this any other time, saying just vote for Dems because I have big bigly problems with them too. But just get these fuckers out, and then we'll we'll re, we'll do some house cleaning in twenty twenty. This is ballot fees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, there there goes our closing closing words from this. I thought this was gonna be spooky and Halloween. Hey, hey, fascism is spooky as hell. Let's, uh, the biggest. We had, ho- we had to follow our like wokest analysis ever up with just a get out and vote <laughs> message. Voting isn't the only answer. Voter suppression is real, and gerrymandering is happening, and it's a fucking problem. But if you can vote, I know it's not always doing the point. I know it's. <laughs> I am doing. The <laughs> if you if you if you can do it and you haven't been purged and your polling places have been closed by these psycho fascists try to do it and uh hopefully we'll have a pleasant um podcast on november 16th it is in eric's contract this is the only reason he will keep coming back here is that i we give him 10 minutes to do that <laughs> so that was that was the moment uh you guys be safe at the ballots this year have a happy and safe halloween uh we will see you guys in november uh, until then, uh, for late fees, this is Justin, Wes, Pat, Cam, Eric from the video store signing off. Happy Halloween, y'all. Until yeah. next time. Peace. Bye. <laughs>